Of course, I go by the name of the kid. Famous. Wow. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Entertaining the masses. Sports entertainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim and Sid. For Cut the music. Cut the music. There is only one phrase that I can summon in this moment on this Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. Robert Cole. Everything is happening. I repeat. Everything is happening. Mark Shapiro, five-year contract. Toronto Blue Jays, James Harden, blockbuster deal to go to Brooklyn to play with Kevin Durant, and we think Kyrie Irving, and oh yeah, hockey's back. Sid, are you okay? I kind of am. (laughs) <laughs> I, I kind of missed this chaos. I kind of missed everything is happening. I kind of missed you don't know what sports news is coming around the corner because we've dealt with all the other news and just sitting here watching Shams and Woj just make people's eyes bug out of their head on night one of the NHL season on the day Mark Shapiro and Rogers kind of sneak in the five-year extension like no one's going to notice on a day Toronto FC named their new manager and they stayed in MLS house so to speak they didn't get Laurent Blanc some high-priced guy who comes in and knows nothing of the terrain I, I don't mind the move TFC did today anyway that's all happening right now. I missed this feeling. I missed this feeling. Uh, I guarantee you, to everyone listening, everyone watching on TV and radio, on this edition of Tim and Sid, we're going to get to Shapiro. We're going to get to James Harden and the four-team deal. By the way, Macal, for a second there, I thought the Raptors, I thought the Raptors were going to get in on this. Was I the only one thinking that? When Shams and Woj are saying, oh, multi-team deal, I'm like, oh, wait a second. Jared Allen, Karis LeVert are on the table? Please. I don't know, Sixero. Jared Allen, would he work in Toronto? Ah, do they need a center? Ah, ah. Tim, Tim, you would work in Toronto right now. You would work in Toronto right now as a center. And you've dropped some LBs. You could post up with the best of them. See, I, I wouldn't give Kyrie eight post-ups. I'd give you eight post-ups. You know that. Tim McAuliffe with the great form. What? Okay. That sounded we, gross. Got, no, it did. It did. By the way, I love how you troll Blair. It's one of my favorite things ever. Shout out Jeff Blair and Writer's Block. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to get to way. all that stuff. I, th- I think a, I think a president in another country was impeached for the second time. I don't. I'm, I don't, don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about fruit. I don't want to talk about peaches. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. We're gonna get to all that other stuff here in a second, Tim. But, but, happy hockey to you and yours at home. Oh, it's on! Happy hockey. It's about to hockey. We are on to the NHL. We are happy on to day. opening night. It's all on Sportsnet starting at 5.30 Eastern coming up on 360. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time with the promo with a couple of special cameos. It's on. (laughs) Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet. All right, everybody, it's on. It's on, everybody, it's on. It's on. And it's on Sportsnet. 
It's on. Look, these guys, they don't like each other. It's on, Sixero. It's, it's on. Hey, Stewie. It's on. No, no, no. Nice shot, Stewie. <laughs> now it's on. Quit clowning around. It's on. Stop screwing around. It's on. Spread the news. It's on. I'm on it. It's on. Yes, it is on. Sportsnet now. It's on. When these teams meet, you know it's on. It's on. And air. Stand by to change the call for Three, two, it's on. Welcome to the NHL on Sportsnet. It's on. Sportsnet. Woo! It's Come on, baby. Zero. Let me tell you. We are entering a stage in the sporting calendar where for 50 straight days and nights, mostly nights, there will be NBA and NHL games on the schedule. We are entering a part of the sporting calendar. I know there are some people out there, Timmy, and I know where Mm -hmm. I work. I know damn well where I work, who are saying we don't need sports. What's the point? I think it does a lot of good for people that these games are on. I think it does a lot of good for people that we get a distraction and watch the Leafs lose for two and a half hours. I think it does a lot of people good that we can have these debates, that we can fight about James Harden, that we can talk about Raptor centers. We can go around the block. Is Mark Shapiro the biggest signing of the Jays off scene? And we can have all those. You know why? Because I'm tired. I'm tired of all the crap. I'm tired. I'm not seeing anybody. I'm tired of all of it. And if we don't have to talk about it, Tim and I, for two hours, barring another maybe COVID incident in the NHL between now and puck drop, I don't want to talk about it. I want to live in this fantasy land that has been created for us by commissioners across North America. I don't care about the naysayers in this moment. I want to be distracted. Give me what was the pill that Morpheus said you take and everything stays the same? The blue or the red matrix. I forget which one. I want to take the normal pill, and I want to just forget everything for two and a half, three hours tonight and have a little fun in my life and be on Twitter and watch Dangle get destroyed and just go back and forth with people. That's what I want. And that evening is here, Tim. Evening is here. I completely and utterly understand and ask you how that's any different in 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018 for Sid Sixero. It seems all the same to me, but it's a lot I of the digress. same nights and mornings with no kids, no mornings. The same but same mornings I, with me, Tim. Same morning. But I digress. We're going to get to Mark Shapiro and his extension. We're going to get to James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and maybe even a new TFC coach, but. Today, the hockey boner is strong. Starting tonight, NHL games scheduled for each of the next 116 days. You can see more than 300 of them on the Sportsnet family of channels. Five games on the schedule tonight. It all gets underway in less than 30 minutes with the Penguins and the Flyers on Sportsnet 1. 5.30 Eastern. 6.30 Eastern. One hour later on Sportsnet. Hockey Central is back. <sighs> Jeff Merritt, Carolyn Cameron, Brian Burke, Elliot Friedman, Anthony Stewart, Kevin Bieksa get you set for the Habs and the Leafs. And at 10.30 Eastern, 7 in Vancouver, 8 in Edmonton, Canucks, Oilers playing the first of back-to-back games at Rogers Place. 
Let's do seven questions for seven teams in this 116-day sprint. All, all, all markets matter, Tim. All markets matter. As My dude, this is going to be fun. Let's start with the first game of the year. I'm going to give you two. Leafs, Habs, Sportsnet Insiders, 21 of them made their predictions on Sportsnet.ca. 11 of them took the Leafs to win the North, at least the regular season crown. The Athletic, Dom Luschizen, and I quote, the best team in Canada is Toronto, and it's not particularly close, end quote. Agree or disagree with the experts? I, I disagree. I am, I am not of the mindset that automatically the Leafs are running away with this in the regular season. That's what we're talking about here, right? Regular season, North Division, I would assume. I'm going to assume that's what everyone's talking about for now. That's correct. Um, look, I, the, 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 the names the Leafs brought in, interesting. There's two names to me that stick out. Two. And they're not new. Okay? Because I got news for you. I don't think Joe Thornton is, is drinking from the fountain of youth. So I think Leaf Nation, Leafs Nation needs to bring it down a little bit. TJ Brody's probably the most important new guy, and no one's talking about him. I digress. Frederick Anderson, Timmy, in a contract year. That blue line's better. Bogosian's in. Brody's in. Whatever that was with Tyson Berry's out. They seem to be better. Miko Lettinen, best KHL defenseman recently. They have high hopes. Frederick Anderson in a contract year. His numbers, as much as I feel he's been besieged by a lack of a blue line in front of him, his, his numbers have gone down basically every year as a Leaf. There was a reason Kyle Dubas didn't extend him. I don't disagree with that. Show me now. The blue line's better. This, this, is, a, this is a can't debate year for Frederick Anderson. That blue line's better. You're going to see less shots in theory. Let's see what you got. Secondly, Matthews feels like a heart candidate. Feels like it. Could have cleared 50 goals without breaking a sweat towards the end of that season if it was completed last year. They're playing him on the penalty kill, apparently, Timmy, to start the season, mainly because of his face-off prowess. But mm -hmm. they are putting a lot, a lot of, of responsibility. He might not be wearing the C, but he's wearing basically everything else. Alistair Matthews is going to have to drive this, and, and I think he's got it in him. Apparently came into camp lighter. Those are the two guys, Timmy, I'm kind of looking at. But I'm not, I'm not conceding the north to them at all. Did we not just talk to John Tavares yesterday? Isn't he a right. Portuguese brother? He Austin is. Matthews is going to have so to my, drive this? My, uh, my allegiances, wait a second. So my allegiances automatically are, are to anyone from the reigning European and no, future just, European champions? I, mean, I, am, I am struggling to comprehend how you could forget about John Tavares when talking oh. about the Toronto Maple Leafs and who has to drive this team. Listen, in, in, in what I just and said, I'm William forgetting William Nylander didn't have a better year last year. I'm and forgetting a lot Michelle, of people. All, let me talk here. I believe my name is also on the on the on the on the thing right above me. But Jeff Blair, Jeff says, Blair likes me said. more though. But Jeff Blair likes me more. It's true, but I'm gonna he's his name's not on the on the on the ledger on this Go show. Ahead. It's not on Go the marquee ahead. on this show. Under Sheldon Keefe, they were playing at a hundred and three point pace. And you are siding with who? Perhaps Leon oh, Dreisidel? I'm not willing to say that yet. Leon Dreisaitl wanted to re remind a few people of who the best team in Canada was last year. Here's here's your boy, the reigning Hart Trophy winner, Senor Leon Dreisaitl.
I think people people tend to forget that sometimes that we were the best team in Canada last year. So um, obviously we're looking we're look we're looking to do that again this year. Um, our division is tough. A lot of a lot of great teams. I think every team can really make the playoffs. So it's going to be it's going to be grind. It's going to be a battle. But uh, you know I think we're well prepared and um, I think we got a great group together. What are what are what are we doing? What are we doing? In this time where unity is so important, we're just starting fights within all of Canada, like right off the bat. Dry sidle clip immediately. The schedule is going to take care of that itself. Every every Canadian city is going to hate the other Canadian city at one point, guaranteed. Run the analytics models. Almost all of them suggest the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the North Division. Oh, the analytics Sid Sixero says no. They are playing the Montreal Canadiens, who had, by most accounts, Sid, the best offseason of the Marc Bergevin era. Anderson, Toffoli, Edmondson. Oh, yeah, Jake Allen to help alleviate the load on their goaltender. And their goaltender, I don't know if you know him, his name is Carey Price. Correct. Before, before looking like his old self in the bubble, he posted his second worst goals against, and save percentage in the last seven years. In fact, two of the last three years, his numbers were not Carey Price-like in any way, shape, or form. At 33, can he be the goalie they need to be among the best in the North? Because if people are going outside the box, Montreal is kind of that sexy pick to make the rise. But I don't. I don't think Carey Price is the most important part of that team. I, I know. I know Carey Price is getting looked at the most, and I know the new guys are being looked at. Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli, and Edmonds. I. I get it. I understand. And Corey Perry is a nice story. The last time I checked, your top two centers are completely unproven in this league. In Nick Suzuki and Yasperi Kotkaniemi, completely Look good in the bubble. Aside, yeah, they had a good week. Yes, but are, good week but are in the bubble. And Twenty-one. They have never, I repeat, never done it close to this level for a consistent period of time. Do I like both players? Yes. I especially like Kotkin Yemi because he's seen adversity already and is kind of fighting through it. And I respect that for a kid at that age. I like that. But to automatically place the Montreal Canadiens with your top two center position completely unproven, completely unproven, is madness to me. Are they a better team in theory, just looking at them? Of course they are. But to, but to put them at the top, some people have them in like the easily winning the division in the playoffs. What the hell are you talking about? I want to see Suzuki, and I want to see Kotkaniemi, and I want to see him consistently. We'll see him tonight on Sportsnet. I'll be keeping a close eye. I am mm-hmm. not putting this team in first. That is I don't, crazy. I don't remember uh, Montreal placing pressure on young centermen <laughs> to perf- never mind. I'm not going to even walk down the road. I, I disagree with you. I think their goaltending is remarkably important because goaltending is important everywhere. But I understand what you're saying in a 20 and 21 year old that looked really good, like they were about to take the next step. And I think that's why Bergevin went out and got to Foley and Anderson to flank those two young men to help them take those next steps. And I like the moves, but I will say this we're going to have to ask Montreal fans to slow their roll a little bit, which is like asking a kid when putting ice cream in front of them to wait 10 minutes before eating that ice cream 
because no preseason, a lot of significant moves, and jump right into the fire, I think that's a recipe for a little bit of an overreaction from a Montreal fan base that is prone to them, a little knee-jerk, just give them some time to get going. We've already started, though, with the tweets. Josh writes in and says, if Edmonton was the best Canadian team, then why couldn't they beat Chicago? And let me just say this, Canada. We're all going to be in each other's grills. This is the beauty of sports. There are going to be offside things said about your team from another fan base in Canada. It's going to give you a little momentum to start yelling back. You're going to get upset by all this. We need it. Okay? We all need it. We all need to take the chirps and the camaraderie that comes in locker rooms and dressing rooms when we get together. Don't take it too seriously. It's all fun and games. And in 2021, we should understand that. Do you think anyone's listening to me right now, 6 I just want to follow that, uh, Tim, with uh, to all the Canadian hockey fans who heard that. This is the most important thing in the history of your life. Okay? <laughs> I don't care what the other guy just said. You right? take every game like it's the Game 7 of a series. You chirp on Twitter. You attack every media member who has an opposite view of yours like you've been doing for 15 years, as you were. Just keep doing it. This is the most important thing ever, most important season ever. But just be kind about it. Yeah, to Tim's point, be kind about it. All right. Uh, do you want to go through the rest of the teams in the minutes Please. that we have allowed here? Please. Uh, so we got through the first game of the doubleheader. By the way, can we stop with the all-Canadian matchups? Every North Division battle is an all-Canadian matchup. Should be a dollar into the jar when someone says all-Canadian matchup. Got to remind people, Tim. It's our job. Got to remind people. It's- I don't. I don't but agree the, at all. You don't. Yeah, you gotta agree. No, this is just every it, Canadian I, game I, will be an all Canadian matchup. But, but you don't understand why people say people just love saying all Canadian matchup. Especially people who run TV stations love saying <laughs> all Canadian matchup. Hey guys, guess how many all Canadian match in the boardroom? Guess how many all Canadian matchups we got tonight? So many. It's just fun to say. It's fun to say. Let me have my fun, right. Tim. Go ahead. Have your um, fun. Let's go, Oilers. Can they match the quality of their hole the way that their few has quality, Tim? Can the Edmonton Oilers do that? Here's where I look in Edmonton, and it's shocking given the questions that I just posed to you about Edmonton or about Montreal. Edmonton has the quality. And Miko Koskinen last year posted a 917 save percentage, which was 15th in the league. Miko Koskinen has improved statistically, statistically, in each of his seasons in the NHL, though one was shorter than the rest. If he can continue to do that, and Edmonton can have a little patience with their back end, I believe that the Oilers will be in contention at the top of the North Division. However, I also believe that's a big if. Their goaltending situation, if you're asking for a Suzuki and Kakanyemi to prove themselves, by the way, they have another center there that's analytically, again, is really good, but you left that out of the equation. In Analytics, Montreal. yeah. But I, when's, when's your cops? I did. 
<laughs> I know Justin Board's coming <laughs> is that on. Gonna so that's going to be the answer to every oh, every time I say analytics. Analytics. It's done at least a lot of good in three years, so that's fine. Analytics. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Tampa has no analytic department whatsoever. They they don't look at analytics. In they any close way, their eyes when they look at games Tampa. and just yeah. and by, go by the sound of it, Tim. They just go by the sound of the player. They're you know that, and yeah. I know that. Come on, Julian yeah. Brisbois. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> right. So so for me, it's back end. And listen, talk about young Ethan Bear and Darnell Nurse. If you want them to be your top two defensemen, give them a little time. Let them. Let they're not that yet. Could they grow into it? Maybe. But I think that back end and the goaltending is what will propel Edmonton to further heights and why they couldn't get past Chicago last year. So I don't know if they have it, but we're about to see, and that's the beauty of this 56-game sprint. Look, I mean, is Oscar Kleffbaum not being there a good thing? Absolutely not. I think we all agree no, on that. Huge is, that the, is that the most confidence-inducing goaltending tandem in the Nation, in the North Division? Uh, never mind the National League, just in the North Division. No, I think we can all agree on that. And somehow they got, they, they, they're bringing back the same two guys, which I found shocking in Edmonton. But I'll say this, Tim. At the break, at the turn, March of last year, the Jets and the Oilers were tied for most wins by Canadian teams. Right? Mm-hmm. Dreisaitl's coming off that run. He was on a heater, and they were feeling good. Then the MVP vote happens. Remember the MVP vote? Connor McDavid averaged 1.52 points per game last season, a career high, Mm -hmm. and was fifth in Hart Trophy voting. Artemi Panarin was third. Connor McDavid was fifth in a year he had the best, arguably one of the best statistical years he ever had. I say Edmonton's going to be the first place team after this regular season. Because of 97, that 56 games, he's getting 80-something points without breaking a sweat out of sheer anger. And he goes ham on this division. And every defenseman should shudder the fact that guy was fifth in MVP voting. That's insane. I think he's coming in with, the, with a mission, and he's coming in with a purpose. And they're a little deeper up front. It's going to help him. Are there, are, there, are there issues on the back? Yes. But I think that that team has already proven they can win some games with a back end that wasn't great. I think it can continue doing that. And I think Connor McDavid is going to take it to a whole different level, the likes of which we haven't seen. One day I'm going to get a buzzer, and I'm going to hook it up to your nipples. And every time that you go over on time, you're going to get zapped. And you're going to get zapped hard because we got through three of the teams of the seven in this country, and we're out of time. Sorry, was I the only one talking that block? Sorry, that was just me. That <laughs> was just me. Sorry. Sorry. Do you, rem- do you remember when we started and I said, we'll go one by one through the teams, and your question was Edmonton of me, and then you yep. just added on to the Edmonton conversation? Yeah, it happens. It happens. But I enjoy the conversation, right. so it is what it is. All right. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed the conversation. Good. We'll get to Vancouver, Winnipeg. Ottawa and Calgary later on or next segment with Kelly Rudy. Who's going to join us? Kelly, Kelly Rudy, Elliot Friedman, or is he still taping? Elliot Friedman is at six. We got Kelly Rudy coming up because he's taping. And then Justin Bourne coming up a little later on. We'll get through all of the teams with those guests 
Uh, someone wants us to get uh, hockey boner trending in Canada. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, that, that, but you saying that just now means it's going to happen. What? <laughs> All right, we'll you take a break. It's not a good idea. It means it will happen. Guaranteed. When we come back, Kelly Rudy, you don't like the idea of the buzzer on your nipples? Oh, I'm not, hey, what I do on, on my private time on a Friday <laughs> night is between right. me and other people. All right, fine. All Canadian matchups tonight right here. On Sportsnet, we'll go through it all. And, oh, yeah, James Harden, Mark Shapiro, uh, new coach at TFC. Subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Do not settle. Demand. Demand. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Coming up. I don't know if I've been this jacked for a show in a long time. Like, it's been I think, a while. Uh, I think I was this jacked for when I thought the Raptors parade was an hour and a half. Right. I think yes. that's when the last time I've been this jacked. Then things took that's, a turn. But well, I, think, no. I think that's that's the last time I was this jacked. After we were doing three-hour shows about sports with no sports, and then sports came back. I know it was a gradual thing, but I got excited then. But this is just, look, I, I think this is different. And the reason I think this is different is the bubble served a purpose, but it kind of sucked, right? Like, it kind of it didn't feel. There was nothing about it that was authentic. There was oh, nothing about it that was real. It just, I, I think it's, I, I feel a little bit, I know there's no fans here either, but I feel a little differently about this one. Well, here's what we got coming up. Uh, the most shocking thing about the James Harden deal, if you didn't know, four-team deal that sends him to Brooklyn to play with Kevin Durant and we think Kyrie Irving. Uh, on the day hockey starts, the Jays announce a Mark Shapiro five-year extension. We'll examine why that was dropped on the day that hockey starts. And, yes, your bold predictions for the North. Just hit us up, hashtag Tim and Sid, with your bold predictions for the North. Sid and I will give you a couple, and we will read through yours a little later on in the show. Uh, it is so on. We got Penguins and Flyers about to begin. We got Leafs, Habs coming up at 7 Eastern, followed by Canucks and Oilers. And this is just night one of this 56-game National Hockey League season. Kelly Rudy of Sportsnet joining us. Kelly, it has been way too long, friend. How are you? How are things? I miss the sound of your voice. I miss your laugh. I miss your scent. And when this is done, you and I are going to get a condo together, okay? I like it. Holy cow. That was quite the intro. But, no, I'm doing well. Yeah, it has been a long time. I, I have to tell you guys, I've had one of the strangest days in my broadcasting career ever. And uh, it kind of started last night. I can't go into great detail, but I wasn't scheduled to work the Euler Canuck game uh, tonight. But uh, I got a call last night about would I be prepared to drive to Edmonton just in case they needed me, and uh, and I, you know, I was waiting on word today, and I thought, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to get my truck and start going to Edmonton in case they need me. And I, I only got about 45 min- minutes outside Calgary, and uh, I don't know if you guys are, know it, but it's extremely windy here in southern Alberta today. So the the road became a skating rink. All of a sudden, people were going off into the ditch, and then we just came to a standstill. So I called my boss, Rob Corte, said. Hey, here's what's going on. And he said, forget it. Don't risk it. Turn around, go home. So I'm sitting in a mall parking lot uh, between Airdrie and Calgary right now. So that's how my day is going, my friends. So, so you feel like you're going to fire up Highway 2, I believe, 
and yep. head from head from Calgary to Edmonton, and all of a sudden it turns into the DVP that I drove up uh, last year in a snowstorm, had to turn around and yell at people in southern Ontario. You're on a skating rink on Highway 2? Now, you know, I've turned around, and so uh, okay. going back towards Calgary, it's much better, and uh, roads are clear here, but going towards, I was still about 40 minutes uh, south of Red Deer, and if you guys have ever traveled in Alberta, you know Red Deer has its own unique uh, weather uh, patterns and situations, so uh, yeah, I didn't even get that far, so I, hopefully everybody's safe on the road, but my boss just told me to go home. Yeah, I've heard of weathermen from Red Deer, but whatever, I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> Once yeah. or twice. Once or twice. So, Kelly, you've done a lot in your career. You've done a lot. Where where does sitting in your car, having it rocked back and forth by the wind in a mall parking lot talking to us rank? Where does that <laughs> rank? Up there, a few years ago, I remember sitting in a mall parking lot. I went to Five Guys Burgers, and uh, I was having a burger chatting with you guys. And I, I know... At that time, that was my sort of shtick with you guys. I was always having some sort of fast food or dining out somewhere and then having a, a chance to chat with you guys. So it's right up there with Five Guys uh, Burgers and, and today. Nice. Well, we'll take that. We will take that and run. Uh, listen, I, I scolded Sid in the last uh, segment. He gave me the evil Sixero eye because I got mad at him. We never got to Vancouver. We were going through all the four teams that were playing tonight and we didn't get to vancouver so i'm going to start with on vancouver with you and he's giving me the evil eye again right now i can see him i'm literally <laughs> sitting here listening to a question right now i'm literally and sitting here listening just so you know I, I was talking goaltenders so i figure i will stick with goaltenders with the one and only kelly rudy on the line do the vancouver canucks get enough goaltending from thatcher demko and Braden holtby to continue their upward trend? Because if they do, Kelly, like I think this is a team that could compete for the North Division regular season crown. Yeah, I would agree. And, I, you know, because I'm usually a, a glass half full guy, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I think those two guys are going to be just fine. I think that uh, uh, Braden Holtby uh, is looking forward to sort of resurrecting his career and uh, getting it back on track. And with Ian Clark, he's such a, a master at uh, – breaking down the position. I think that that's really going to help him. Demko, I think what what's really going to be cool to watch his development is that now he has that veteran, though, that he can ask him all sorts of things about the position. Uh, Holtby's gone through everything. So, you know, you're not always going to your partner every single night, but there are times where you're a little bit curious about a particular player or maybe a power play or some sort of situation you go hey do you have five minutes you know you're just sitting around the dressing room you're chatting you're figuring picking his brain and i think that's where demko is really going to benefit from the experience of holby but um i think that they're going to be just fine uh, a great start is super important i'm sure you guys have talked about this a million times already uh, in today's nhl man you cannot get off to a one and three or one and four star you have got to get out of the gates quickly Kelly Rudy here on Tim and Sid. Kelly, considering every Canadian team is different, considering no tape exists of any team, preseason or regular season, looking the way they do right now, how much are we going to see, especially in the first week to 10 days, of how good the tacticians actually are behind the bench? How many guys can on the fly do what they need to do to react to what you're seeing on the other side, considering there is no scouting report? 
that's fair. Very fair question. And also, I think it's super important that they uh, react quickly because, like I just said, you just can't wait. You can't have a lot of patience in this NHL season, unfortunately, because of the length of it. So uh, the coaches have to make sure that they identify uh, the strengths and weaknesses of their own squad and also the other team and then make those adjustments and and I hate to say, but who cares about feelings? Right now, you've just got to make those changes. And if that means uh, one of what you thought would have been a top player, if he's going to sit for half a period or more, that's just the way it's going to be. Because, uh, unfortunately, you just you really can't wait. You know, the one thing is, though, and I went to both Calgary Flames intra-squad games, I will tell you I saw a vast improvement in the second game from the first one. So the first one was okay. It's kind of what I expected, but the second one, everybody was a lot sharper. And so I I think we might see a little better hockey than people are expecting right now. I love that you are uh, one of the more thoughtful broadcasters out there. Like, no answer is just that uh, cliched 110% get the pucks in deep. Um, (laughs) And as you're talking about that start in, in the Calgary Flames uh, inter-squad games, I'm thinking about the Habs and, and the new faces and how important those new faces will be in that roster and how young uh, some of their centers are. Do, do you think it'll take a little longer for those guys to get going in Montreal because you don't get that training camp that you would normally have with preseason games and a little more extended? Well, first of all, Preseason games are important. I, I don't know if you need to play seven or eight, like in a regular or in a normal regular season, but they are important. So I think, yes, uh, you know, that is something to look for. But but on the other side of it, the young players in today's game have never been better, right? And the coaches have given them more responsibility than ever in the history of the game. And so these guys expect it. Guys like Suzuki and others, that you know, they expect to – get great ice time they they want that opportunity and so i i think that that will be less of a concern than it might have been say 10 15 years ago when you didn't have a chance to ramp up and then you the coaches didn't trust the young guys as much so uh and, and you know speaking of montreal by the way i think it has to be noted that uh, the getting of josh anderson is going to be a huge addition I, i'm a big big fan i think he's going to get North, even in a shortened season, I think he's going to get to in around 25 goals. It wouldn't surprise me even more. Kelly Rudy here on Tim and Sid on night one that has officially begun of the National Hockey League season. Uh, we are scoreless Flyers and Penguins first period. That may change. Um, Kelly, are the how much better are the Senators going to be? Yes. Okay. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself or I don't want people to take this the wrong way. But I think they're the most improved team in the uh, Scotia North Division. I just I love the work they've done, and uh, that still doesn't. I don't think they're going to be close to making the playoffs. But they've done a phenomenal job uh, trying to make that team better. I know Dorian's uh, talked that they need to be way more competitive. They're not just giving jobs to the young players just because they they have so-called potential that they're going to have to earn it. And then speaking of Matt Murray, um, I really hope he can get his career back on track. I've got to tell you, I don't think I've shared this with you guys before, but uh, when the very first time I saw him live, and I'm not prone to exaggerate, I said to myself, man alive, I think this might be the best young goalie I've ever seen. Then he goes to win two Stanley Cups, and I'm thinking, what kind of career is he going to have? How many Cups is he going to have? And then 
that stupid game and what happens and how it gets in your head, and all of a sudden he looks normal again. And uh, so that's why I'm really hoping he can get back on track. I hope that mentally he doesn't beat himself up, that he can find a way to, to return to the style of play that he, that he once had, and uh, th- that's my wish for him. It is a, a wonderful day of hockey. We've got four Canadian teams in action, a double header. Hockey is officially back, as Sixero mentioned, as they are underway between the Pens and the Flyers. And also, January 13th, it is Kelly Rudy's birthday. Happy Look birthday, Kelly Rudy! Look at this guy. guys have the time but if you do go to my social media i posted a video of my little grandson maverick wishing me a uh, happy birthday it made grandpa's day i can tell you that much and and let me say this how else would you like to spend your birthday than in your car in a parking lot in airdrie talking to two jagoffs in toronto named tim and sid <laughs> oh my gosh what a way Hold to on. end an interview i can make I it better it. i can make it better kelly Three, okay. two, one. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, no. No. To you. Happy birthday. You are not Marilyn Monroe, my friend. <laughs> I will wear a bandana in your honor later as I watch the games. <laughs> Kelly, right, you're the man. Bye, Thanks, brother. Take guys, care. Thank you. Okay. Bye. There is Kelly Rudy, who by the end of that couldn't get off the phone quicker. When we come back, more hockey. Justin Bourne, Elliot Friedman on the ledger. Also, not sure if you heard, 14 deal sends James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets to play with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. What's the most shocking thing of the deal? And are they the favorites to win the NBA title as of right now? That's next in Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Send us all your money. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher, and we'll send you a free subscription for Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Absolutely free. We got a goal, Sixero. Oh, it's on. It's on. It is on. Flyers and pens. And if you had Mark Jankowski in the pool to score the first goal of the NHL season, you, my friend, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, En route to matches five he scored last year. Great start (laughs) for Mark Jankowski in the Pittsburgh. Just good to say. Rolling in a goal. You know, just I don't care who it was. I don't care what it was. That's just great to see. Fantastic stuff. Welcome back, hockey. Great talking to Kelly Rudy, too. Like, Kelly, like, if we had a bad conversation with Kelly Rudy, seriously, have we ever had a conversation where he's like, you know, you guys, I, I don't want to do this right now. Like, never. And even, if he, <laughs> and even if he felt that way, he was lying about it. He was lying about it. He's great. Uh, still to come, Elliot Freeman and uh, Justin Bourne. We'll see if they feel the same way. Uh, there was a massive deal in the National Basketball Association today. For those who don't know, James Harden has been dealt a night after he basically said, I'm done in Houston. 
The Brooklyn Nets get him. The Rockets get Karis LeVert, Dante Exum, uh, Rodian Korich's four first-rounders and four first-round swaps. Now, the Rockets take LeVert. They send him to Indiana, and they get Victor Oladipo, who in the bubble basically wanted to play for anyone other than the Pacers. The Pacers end up with LeVert and a second-rounder, and the Cavs, to make this all happen, get Jared Allen and Torian Prince while giving up Milwaukee's first-round pick. There are so many layers to this onion. I'll allow you to begin peeling it back, Sid, with wherever you want to go on this James Harden blockbuster deal. Look, I mean, do we have to bring up the fact he looked 50 pounds overweight in shoot-around yesterday? Not shoot-around, but the pregame? Like, like, is that relevant here? Because if not, I'll move on from it. But I can't help but add this to the pile of stuff here that you just went through in terms of one of the biggest blockbusters we've seen in years. Is no, this I think relevant? It's, I think it's relevant because not only has he scored 25 or less than 25 in four straight games for the first time in his career since 2012, right? Like, not only he quit on, not only did he go to a strip joint instead of reporting to camp, knowing full well you have to go strip through joints. Strip joints. Plural. I apologize. Plural. So, yes, it's relevant because he quit on his team. So, if I'm a Raptor fan watching this, there's a lot of perspectives you can look through. If I'm a Raptor fan, you now got James Harden coming to the Eastern Conference. We don't know where Kyrie Irving is. We've been, If you've been listening and watching this show, you know full well or don't know where he is. And yesterday before the game that Kevin Durant played, Kyrie Irving was spotted, but he was spotted on a Zoom call supporting a Democratic candidate for the district attorney of Manhattan. Now, to get involved at the grassroots like that, I think is healthy for anybody. I think it's great. That's how change happens. But he has a job. So instead of doing the job where Kevin Durant played, and he's going to play again tonight, back-to-back, Kyrie Irving wasn't present. I think big picture, this is not the core you bet on if you're going to th- if you're going to throw potentially eight first-round picks at a guy. I think the Nets have destroyed their franchise, and they now have two years left before Kyrie and Durant, and who knows what Kyrie's status is, Kyrie and Durant opt out. So you now have basically two years left of this. Is this the core that's worth it for you? We've seen cores that have worked. We've seen cores that, have, that haven't worked. Steve Nationals full well. There are cores that just don't work. In what, in what world does anyone think this is the bet? That's the core that's going to get you there. That's all. I can't shake that thought to him. That's my prevalent thought. This is the best three, though, in the NBA. Stats, talent, just throw it out there. This is the best three. Forget the rest of it. Forget the extra baggage, and I know it's really hard. Is this? I mean, I saw people on Twitter say they're now the favorites by far. Bye-bye, LeBron. I saw a couple times. Bye-bye, you don't bye think LeBron. this is the you don't think this is the best three? Individually, it might be the best three. That's but, all I'm saying. But but two but two of those guys don't make people better the way LeBron does. Like that's and, that's what that's the part of that people aren't really bringing into the equation. Like it's just it's not that easy. Oh, they're going to win. No, it's not that easy. And two of those guys are as ball dominant as we have ever seen. And the reason why Kyrie left LeBron James the first time was because he wanted the damn ball. Correct. Correct. He turned Look. into Keyshawn Johnson 
and just said, give me the damn ball. I know the reference is now probably 20 years old, but you've got two you're, guys. You're, age, you're dating us. <laughs> you are dating us, yes. You've got two guys who say, just give me the damn ball, and you're hoping it works out. Unless, of course, yesterday, in the midst of breaking sort of news about Kyrie not being with Brooklyn for the foreseeable future, or at least the immediate future, I said I could see Kyrie Irving walking away from basketball because that's just the type of guy he is, even though there's $100 million on the table. Does this deal maybe make sense if the Nets kind of sort of know that he's not all in? If he's not coming back, I mean, it's still a hell of a, it's a hell of a haul, Tim. But if you don't think he's coming back or can't trust him day in and day out, which could be happening right now inside that right. Nets organization. Because I haven't even heard Ky- uh, Kevin Durant speak on it. He might be that pissed. As cover, they may have felt they had to do this just because. Whether he comes back or not, because if he comes back, he could he could vanish like a fart in the wind in a second. And you don't know what you have left. I think this is a massive, massive mistake for the Brooklyn Nets. There are reasons for it. I get it. They're not winning an NBA title this way. They're not. All right, Zach Lowe. Okay, now trade Kyrie for Russ and just reunite the Thunder. <laughs> just bring the band back together. <laughs> bring the band back together. It is jaw-dropping. Uh, still to come, Mark Shapiro deal on the day that hockey starts. Why? Next on Tim and Sid. As an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Muchas gracias, Sheepdogs. Back with you on Tim and Sid. Not sure if you heard, but it's on. Elliot Friedman, Justin Bourne on the It's On Hour right here on Sportsnet because the NHL season is here, and it's actually underway. If you had Mark Jankowski in the pool for the first goal of the NHL season, you, my friend, are a winner. Pens lead the Flyers 1-0. That's on Sportsnet 1 if you so require. We can update that, Timmy. Also, if you have James Van Riemsdyk in the pool, oh. just level things up at one. Look at that. The goal's coming thick and fast, Timmy. It's going to be that kind of that kind of return to play. Uh, we are with you. Tim and I are with you on this channel, Sportsnet, up until 6.30 Eastern. Hockey Central takes over. Uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan, and 360. We're going to stay there. We're going to clear the deck here for Habs, Leafs, followed by Canucks, Oilers. It is fantastic stuff tonight across Canada. If you love hockey, you are hyped. If you're not hyped yet, hopefully you'll be hyped after watching this hype reel. Roll the hype reel, please. I'm hyped. Is this a celebration of a new season or a celebration in anticipation of what the new season is supposed to bring? The National Hockey League has returned. Sit back and enjoy this one. All that's left to do is drop the puck. Now it's on.
enough. Here's Kyle Bukoskis and his hair with more on game one of the North Division at Scotiabank Arena. Kyle? Well, guys, in a simpler time, attending a morning skate in the middle of January would lose a bit of its luster every now and then. The main reason being that not many teams hold a full skate the morning of a game anymore. But given the circumstances, it was an absolute pleasure and privilege to watch the Maple Leafs and the Canadian skate earlier today at Scotiabank Arena as the NHL officially gets underway here tonight. And though for the Maple Leafs it was optional, it did not stop 41-year-old Joe Thornton and 37-year-old Jason Spezza to get some puck touches ahead of the season opener and a classic bit of Canadianity it was Spezza who said it's nice to be back in the barn eh as the Leafs and the Habs both have some new faces and plenty of potential this year and the time for talking is nearly over obviously we're pumped to get going tonight we play these guys 10 times so this is the first of many and it's important I think each game is going to be very important this year because it's all in your division and these points are important and uh, I think we're just looking forward to getting going it kind of feels like all the new guys we've integrated into our group feels like they've been here all along and just part of the team one of the guys now and you know we just have a job to do I think everyone's excited for the season you don't have the exhibition games to get into the, the feel of playing against another opponent and you're right into it today and I think the urgency and excitement will be high so it's going to even be even more of a, a shock to the system and it's one that we we hope uh, because of the work that's been put in over the last 10 days that uh, we're ready for. There was no real surprises regarding either team's lineup here tonight. Corey Perry did clear waivers for Montreal yesterday, but will not play this evening. It is the first of 10 meetings between these original six rivals this season. Sheldon Keefe said earlier this morning, it was never an easy game against Montreal last year. And guys, don't expect any of that to change here tonight. Timmy, Kyle Bukaskis' hair is in mid-season form. It looks fantastic, as is Kyle. Uh, all right, the season is back on. Let's one day, Timmy, one day. We, we, we have things that can help you out. Uh, you wear it better than most, by the way. Stop that. Time now for three. Welcome back. Three of 31. Yay. Brought to you by the GMC Sierra at 4, AT4. I apologize to sales. It's great either way. With the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate, Elliot Freeman joins us for the first time technically in season as the Pens and the Flyers have begun. Preach, how you doing, man? You know, Sid, broadcasting 101, if you're going to do anything, you've got to get the ad reads right. Good point. What, uh, do you know what it is? Can, can you correct him? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, we know each other too well. We know each other too well. Uh, Freeze, let's get right to it because you're a busy man tonight, obviously. 
Um, you just, from what I've been told, you just got off a uh, conversation with Canucks GM Jim Benning regarding Actually, a lot of things. I haven't had it yet, Sid. Uh, Forgive me. You know, it's, Forgive me. Yeah, like the Canucks are trying to figure out exactly what the story is here and what exactly is going on, and we're all kind of waiting for clarification. Like one of the things that um, was in the protocols is that um, whatever protocols the NHL establishes, they are superseded by your regional protocols. Oh, you know what? I got to go. I'll call you back. There right, is done. Elliot there. Friedman, who's mm-hmm. pissed off at our read for GMC Sierra. Hold on. And Tim, has I'd like to try it again. I'd like to try it Gone <laughs> to talk to Jim Benning. Let me, let me attempt this one more time because I think I got it okay. right. It was time now for 3 of 31, brought to you by the GMC Sierra at 4 with the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate. I just wanted to rectify my half-assedness before he left. What is that? That's a a good track. I'm listening to the GMC at four commercial. It's all work, all play, all new, AT4. Because it's not at four. (laughs) Somebody somebody here said AT. Yeah, I got it. I said it. I said AT on air. I thought I did. Uh, I'm not sure if Elliot Freeman is jumping back on with us because it is what it is. It's live TV. He's working. But um, do you want to stick on the? You want to land on the Canucks here for a, a bit, Timmy, don't, or do you want to move on to some Mark Shapiro, or where would you like to go? Don't worry, it's not a big day. It's fine. It's not the first day <laughs> the NHL season. Well, it's he's working fine. though. It's, I'm, I'm all right with it. He's, he's working. He's actually no, doing right. stuff. Uh, He'll jump on with us and hopefully have some stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, Elliot uh, walked down this road. I think we get to uh, all of the the bold predictions that we were going to do earlier. Sure, let's do and, it. And, and I think maybe uh, we can continue the conversation about the seven Canadian teams that we're going to get through uh, in the opening segment but didn't get there. And Sixero, in his brilliance and his foresight and his vision, knew this was going to happen. And thus, we never got to them in that first block. So let's get to them now. Um, where do you want to begin? Do you want to begin with the bold predictions? Or would you like to continue our march through the seven teams which stopped with Kelly Rudy and the Vancouver let's, uh, let's do our march because I, I think I think of the bold stuff we can hang we can hang until the uh, till the last block I think so All right. I wouldn't mind wa- marching through the other teams here um, so we got through Leafs we got through Habs we got through Oilers which and leaves us uh, and the Canucks um, I, I want to ask you the Winnipeg Jets to me specifically Connor Hellebuck mm-hmm. uh, coming off a of Vesna Trophy season there's 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 a lot in the ether with the Canucks with Patrick Line and whatnot. Um, do you think Hellebuck specifically, I want to ask you about him, specifically, can he have that kind of year again? Because there's a part of me that's a little afraid for Jets Nation here. Because, look, three Canadian team fan bases are going to be pissed. One we think we know, who should have a slightly better season. But there's going to be the two others. There's two other slots of disappointment that are sitting there (laughs) waiting to be filled, McAuliffe. Right, and my gut is leaning maybe towards Winnipeg. Should should I should I put more faith in the Jets? If you look at the predictions on Sportsnet.ca, there are some who believe Winnipeg could win the division. That's that's where the um, the Connor Hellebuck train is at right now. And just to get them towards a playoff spot, he had to play at Vesna Trophy levels. And I'm not saying he can't do that again, but therein lies the dilemma with a goalie is if he plays 
really, really well, this is a good team. And if he's not the best goalie on planet Earth, where does this team fall? And I think that's what you're talking about. I think that's a lot of pressure to put on Connor Hellebuck. And last year, he he was able to do that. But, man, that's a lot of pressure for him. And I, I think they'll be a little bit better on the back end because they were so blindsided by what happened last year with their defensemen. I think they'll be able to handle it a little bit more. But... This might be the biggest wild card team for me in Canada. And that's saying something because I think we all have expectations for all but the Sens. It was just so, it was one way traffic with Hellebuck, Tim. Like he, that's what bothered me about the Vezina discussion because you heard the other guys he was up against. Like, well, Hellebuck wasn't that great. Hellebuck saw more shots than all of them. Mm-hmm. All of them. And just a shade more than Carey Price. So uh, I, I don't expect him to have that kind of year. But you mentioned in there, a Vesna-type season. Like, he doesn't have to win the Vesna again to keep Winnipeg in it. But there is no denying the responsibility on the shoulders of Connor Hellebuck because, look, I mean, Paul Stastny's great, but I don't know how many shots that shaves on the other end. I'm not yeah. sure. And and Dustin and the residue of what Dustin Bufflin did is going to it's going to take years to eradicate here, to be fair to Shevel Dayoff and Paul Maurice. So I just don't know if Hellebuck can do it two years in a row is my main point to you. I don't know. And the amazing part of all of this is if they struggle out of the gate, that Patrick Line deal that is hanging over the heads of every Winnipeg Jets fan and Kevin Dayoff, that heat will turn up. And people will say, get him out. If, he, if he's not here long term and you're struggling in this division, get him out. Get someone in here that can help. And the funny thing is, is that Uh, I think the Toronto Raptors are in a similar situation with Kyle Lowry. You know that this person can help you immensely, but if it's not a long-term fix, will you look for that fix and be seduced into making a deal that you would probably be better off making in an offseason? Yeah, definitely. And, and, I mean, back to the deals and and line A again, the responsibility on Paul Stastny's shoulders here is immense because not only do they need him to produce – but they need him to keep Line A with a smile on his face. And I know there's some Jets fans or kind of neutral hockey fans who listen to that and say, shut the hell up, kid. You're making good money. Like, you're not close to 25. Yeah. Like, what's, what's, yeah. like how unhappy are you? Well, he, he, he wants to play with Shifley. We all want to play with Shifley. He's that kind of player. I get it. But, you know, if, if Paul Stastny can buy the organization some time and they can click a little bit, and they have in the past, um, I think that's an, that's an important part of what's going to happen with Winnipeg going forward. No question about it. Uh, Sens start their season with back-to-backs against the Leafs Friday and Saturday. Hey, 56 games. Uh, who knows if you can get on a roll. Matt yep. Murray, four years, $25 million after a really tough year in Pittsburgh. Now with a challenge D. Almost everyone has them dead last in the north. Do you see it any different? No. And I'll tell you what. If they're not dead last in the north there will be firings. I don't care what organization you put in that slot. If it's not the Sens, whoever's coaching that team, whoever's running that team upstairs has a lot of explaining to do. I think we got all agree on that. With that said, um, again, with goaltending like Matt Murray, they're going to be better immensely. Thomas Shabbat's going to grow. There's, some, there's some, a lot more veterans around him on that blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's it's like guys like Drake Batherson and Josh Norris. Like I know Norris had the great yeah. AHL. Like the internal guys over the last couple of years, Tim. If they can make a push, and they're going to get an opportunity, Logan Brown. If they yeah. can make a Logan Brown's your bang on. If they can make an oppor- if they if they can make the most of this opportunity, who knows? Maybe they don't finish seventh. Who knows? They're going to have the goaltending. I think we can all agree on that. Matt Murray's serious. He's great. Yeah, and I love the great. way they played last year. Like it, everyone knew what they were in for last year, and you and I looked at each other, and I think. Maybe the number is like nine, ten, and something where they started last year and said, "Okay, this is really good for them." It dropped off after yeah. that, but I, I thought they got it a did. lot. I think I thought they got a lot. They were eleven, eleven, and one at one point last year, and I think I they got a lot that. better yeah. after. That. I forgot that. Uh, I was just me, told a lot what, worse after that, but I, I hear, I hear. Speaking of hearing, was I told Elliot Freeman's on the line? Dylan Brown for Sports Five Ninety. Okay, Ellie Freeman has a few minutes. Jumping back on uh, on the GMC Sierra at four a line, courtesy of three of 31 with the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate. I'll say that all day. Freej, welcome back. What can you tell us from Jim Benning? What can you tell us? No, he. you know what? I, I, got, uh, I got a note that the teams aren't allowed to talk anymore. Uh, apparently, like the, the league said that we're going to handle the messaging. So... That conversation uh, never occurred, uh, unfortunately. But one thing I think I, I, I do have kind of a handle on at, at this point in time is that I, it sounds like the Canucks are expecting uh, Jordy Ben to be out 10 days. And the question is how long JT Miller is going to be mm-hmm. out. Um, and according to the NHL protocols, uh, it's six days. But the, the province of British Columbia has a 14-day rule in that case. And I think they're just, from what it sounds like, there's just conversations here about, about which one is going to apply. So that's it. the situation remains fluid. The teams are not allowed to comment. Um, I, I, someone said that he, they, they believe, as it stands right now, it's 10 days for one and 6 or 14 for the other. And they're just trying to figure it out, from what I understand. Uh, Elliot, I love you. And I was told before this started that you would have to be off by 16 past the hour. Is that still true? Because if so, it's 16 past the hour. And I'm not going to ask you another question. But to <laughs> well, say... let's, do, let's do a couple minutes here. And it's <laughs> Thanks, not brother. a season if some producer isn't mad at me. Right. <laughs> yes, well, I don't want to get anyone mad saddle, at you. Fridge. Back of the saddle, Fridge. All of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is the reporting... Of, of the idea that uh, J.T. Miller had a positive test and then a negative test, is that what's causing the confusion in Vancouver? Is it uh, all of the surroundings because we're not supposed to be talking about any of these things? Um, like, what what is causing the most problems in Vancouver? Is it because the NHL wants to get ahead of all this? Well, I think what happened is, I believe it's Ben who had okay. the positive test and the negative test, and Miller was contact tracing. Right. That's what everybody is under the impression of. And so, you know, if you take a look at the NHL guidelines on COVID protocol, if you have a positive test, a confirmed positive, I guess, um, and you're asymptomatic, it's 10 days. Um, if you're a contact trace, um, then there's that block of time there. And I guess it's six days 
in um, in the NHL protocols, but there's also something that says the local rules come into effect as well. And British Columbia has very strict local rules. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it is right now, Tim. Okay. And, um, you know, the one thing someone warned me was don't uh, say anything with any certainty, but that's kind of where we are right now. It sounds like there's some conversations going on about, you know, which one takes hold or which one it's going to be. And I've just learned in this day and age, what we believe to be the truth now might be different in 10 minutes. So don't state anything with any certainty. Ain't that the truth, Ruth. Uh, Elliot Friedman, who was kind enough to jump back on. Friedge, we'll uh, we'll let you go. You got a busy... Sorry, uh, Tim, go ahead. No, I was going to say, even in interviews. <laughs> even in interviews, you never, yeah. never know. You never know. Um, Friedrich, we'll be watching. Take care, man. Have a good one tonight. Have fun. Sorry, guys. It was a bit. It's a no problem. good day. How dare you work? How dare you work? Yeah, no excuses. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> we, of all people, understand. Uh, Sydney, we are in a situation where Joel Farabee is the leading scorer in the National Hockey League as we speak with two assists as the Flyers have taken a 2-1 lead. on the uh, Tim, I believe Penguins. we have a tie. We can update the board. We have a tie. Eric oh, Gustafson. Eric, Eric Gustafson. By the, the way, uh, Stop if you heard this before, uh, both power play points for Eric Gustafson. He right. has a goal and assist, too, for the Flyers. So we are, uh, we are off and running here as Philadelphia. Gritty is back, right? Like he announced that weeks ago. Gritty, is, is he making appearances inside arenas? or Was... Was he somehow sure. retired? I didn't. I didn't. Well, there was the there was a lot of chatter. Day. There was there was a lot of chatter inside the Twitter sphere started by Gritty that he he maybe wouldn't be back for this coming season. Oh, but I th- but I believe he said I'm back. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's wandering around an empty uh, uh, Wells Fargo really? Center or what. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But uh, anyway, Flyers are up two one, and uh, again we we got Leafs and Habs coming up at seven Eastern. Oh, that's going to be good. And we got as Fridge was talking about, we got a depleted Canucks team. No Jordy Ben, no JT Miller. One more time, Jordy Ben, according to Frege, gone 10 days. JT Miller, they're not sure, anywhere from 6 to 14. Those are hits for Travis Green, who is entering uh, the final year of his contract, by the way, mm-hmm. as the Canucks get going here. Tim, is it? Is it uh, you're going to see a lot of it's early tonight on social medias, regardless of how the results go. Right. Can you say that in this context? Can you say that in a 56-game season? Seriously. I think that the way this season shapes up, there are going to be a lot of wild cards. And I know what you're saying. It's a 116-day sprint with 56 games in those 116 uh, days. But I also think with all these back-to-backs, and as we're seeing in Vancouver, a very fluid situation when it comes to COVID, as we see in the NBA, that there might be times where teams are shorthanded and you might be able to make a run later. Like, I, I have no idea what to expect when it comes to this season, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a team that struggles early that can make some ground late. Like, think about it. You could, you could play three straight games against a team, and they could be missing two of their key components. They could yeah. be missing their starting goalie, right? Like, that's where we're at this season. So I think what Frege was saying about protocols – and fluid situations can apply to every aspect of this season. And I'm not saying that to cover my ass in any way, shape, or form. I really believe it. And if you look at the NBA season, there's some evidence there 
although one guy affects an NBA squad a lot more than one guy affects an NHL team, unless he's the goalie. Uh, on, on that point, Tim, I did read recently, I believe it was in Boston, Yaroslav Halak and Tuka Rask are not in the same meetings together. Like they're doing their absolute best to avoid each other. Because as you just said, one guy gets hit. Yeah. Like I know, you got th- I know you're supposed to have three goalies at all times in this abbreviated 56-game season. But like you, you do need to separate people, do you not? Like that's, I, yeah. I just, I just think that's a smart way to go about it. Like you can have like Zoom, everyone's used to the Zoom NFL. Meetings. Yeah, like you're just kind of yeah. at times you're asking for trouble, as the Denver Broncos not that long ago found out. So I, I think teams are going to have to f- figure things out here as they go. But I, I like what the Bruins are doing with the goalies. Go ahead, Tim. All right, so we have the the loaded slate of hockey tonight, and it is remarkably juicy. And Justin Bourne's going to come up and join us in mere moments from now. Does this uh, does this Frege, uh losing, getting back, uh, bringing him back on, and then getting rid of him again give us the opportunity to examine at least for maybe two or three minutes how the Jays announced on the start of the NHL season that Mark Shapiro had signed a five-year extension with the franchise. Uh, this, I've, I've, uh, I've seen news dumps before. This one was pretty blatant. And um, because, again, you and I now with, with just a few minutes to go here before uh, Hockey Central starts and we go to 360 or stay on 316, Sports and 5-9, the fan, we have three minutes to talk about Mark Shapiro staying with the Jays for another five years. This would lead any other day for you and I because we've yeah. got a ton of Jays fans who are all over this show and we love you. Um, but I, but the Rogers Communications, I think, are still privy to the fact that uh, this offseason has not gone their way yet. Underline yet. I understand we have a crazy month ahead of us. But this was purposely done, sending this news release out today on the first day of hockey with Leafs Habs coming up right after us here on Sportsnet. People knew what they were doing. And I think it lends to the feeling internally, Tim, that they're quite aware of what the feeling is around the fan base, around the expectations, and in terms of what's actually been done. All due respect to Robbie Ray in this offseason. And I found it, I was really surprised to see it. I was. I was surprised to see it today. But don't you think that the fan base has started to turn on Mark Shapiro, even though they've looked at this season and said, or this offseason, and said, okay, we're still waiting for something to be done. The team is trending in the right direction no matter what gets done this offseason, no? Like, I would have thought um, maybe in November that there were more people who agreed with the idea that Mark Shapiro should be extended than ever before in his time in Toronto. So, so when you say the fans turning on, you mean the turning on the notion of Mark Shapiro? Not turning yeah. on him like, right, right. I no, understand. I believe like turning positively on Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins' tenure in Toronto. Did that not start happening this season and get to a level that you did not see at the start of the year? Well, you would think bringing in uh, a guy who was up for the Cy Young and a guy who was up for AL Manager of the Year would do that consistently. Uh, and I think it did. But, Tim, I, listen, you and I both know, we sit here every day, this, the Jays have only signed Robbie Ray thing is not a small thing with this fan base. And we have been pouring kerosene, and, Nash, and everyone on Twitter has been pouring kerosene on this from the word, with respect to the Jays, from the word go, and those leaks are coming from somewhere. So I think that's lent to maybe it, the turning softening a little. But, but a lot of those guys haven't signed anywhere. 
It's, it's interesting. Correct. Very interesting. What a day this is. It is the start of the NHL season. James Harden has been traded. Mark Shapiro signs an extension. And we will continue these conversations on Sportsnet 360. For the rest of you, a deep breath. Hockey Central is next. This ain't like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card. Because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Chris writes in and says, big issue with Blue Jays management is that they said the team will be improved this offseason. Hasn't happened yet. But as a fan, zero issues with management. And Tim, as you know, the offseason ended yesterday. <laughs> Correct. As we all know, the offseason is done. Opening day is Wednesday in Buffalo. It's just, you know, it's what yeah, a I terrible offseason this was for the Jays. Terrible. I think that's what Chris is saying. I I'll take a deep saying. breath and wait. I hope that's what he's saying. Um, Justin, by the way, I do love the back and forth we have with Jays. Uh, social media. I know. I know. Sometimes I act like I don't. I do genuinely enjoy it because that's a passionate fan base. There, whether or not all of them know what they're talking about is irrelevant. Care about a team like that? I care about that too. That's good stuff. Speaking of caring about it, Tim, one of the more passionate guys we know, and um, a, a guy who who Jeff Blair loves. Although I've heard Jeff talk in high regard about Anthony Stewart than our next guest, but whatever. It is Justin Bourne <laughs> joining us. Do you not find, Justin, when you go on writer's block, like you don't get as much love as Anthony Stewart? Like, do you find, like, he, he, he picks a side? <laughs> Sorry. This technology cutout, Sid, can you, can you run that by me again? I, I missed, I'm sure oh, no it was problem. a very you, uh, important question. Oh, it was the most important question of the show. Do you think Jeff Blair likes Anthony Stewart more than he likes Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's reasonable, but in general, in my findings of being on the show, I think everyone does, including whoever's hosting the show, <laughs> our own show. So uh, I do what I can as host 1B. Uh, Justin, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that Jeff Blair, I went on a show today, and he said that he, you, uh, unlike any other hockey writer, make him think. And he was talking specifically about the third string goaltenders and as we're seeing the struggles in vancouver as we speak when it comes to covid protocol i think we're starting to understand what you were writing about about third string goaltenders and this isn't canada over analyzing hockey this is in these times just like quarterback rooms in the national football league hockey teams are going to have to be very very thoughtful with who their third string goalie is and how they handle their goaltenders no yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, this all kind of got triggered by Corey Crawford's sudden retirement from New Jersey. Suddenly a team was down a goaltender and needed someone who was NHL quality. And that happened to be a couple days before the NHL had the biggest waiver wire dump in NHL history. It's like 150 guys on the waiver wire. Um, so certainly they were looking to pick someone up. And, and as that happens, it kind of sets off a chain reaction. You know, everyone is aware that with uh, the taxi squads available this year, you have to have a third goaltender that's going to be with you. Uh, it's likely these guys are going to get action, given that there's so many games back-to-back -back with the condensed schedule. You're just going to see a lot of names this year. Like, David Ayers may crack a team here legitimately outside of the e-bug role. They're going to go through so many goaltenders. So uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch. I think betting 
betting on hockey is going to be really fun and interesting because who the hell are half of these guys? Let's be honest. Justin, is this not the moment where we just tell everyone, like, and I know betting is changing in our industry a great deal. The first two weeks of this, just kind of maybe sit it out. Like, the start of the season is going to be insane, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where you're probably right, but I feel like because no one has any clue, like, if you threw 10 bucks at a whole whack of underdogs, yeah. I feel like you might come out okay. If you I, bet I, I sends for the next three just, weeks, it might any... be a good three weeks for you, right? If you, It might be a good three weeks if it's all sends. Yeah. And can you imagine a dumber financial strategy than what I just said? No one knows what's going to happen, so just throw 10 bucks at everything. Like, I, I mean, it is going to be kind of a crapshoot. The Quest Trade commercial with Justin Bourne right here on Tim and Sid. Um, <laughs> with less condescension, I hope. <laughs> yes. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this trade that makes uh, the Brooklyn Nets the most interesting team maybe in all pro sports and the content that it's going to give Sid and I for the rest of the year to have uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden on the same team. What is the most interesting storyline from the North Division for you heading into the season? What's the one situation where you're like, this could be content gold for anyone covering hockey. Well, I think that the the best players in the world uh, are in Canada right now. Uh, you know, maybe you can make the case for Nathan McKinnon, but Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are here. And I think the best two teams in Canada right now are probably Edmonton and Toronto. So I, I think you've got it perfectly positioned that the best players could lead the best teams to the best seasons. Uh, and the way that the postseason is, is set up this year with the reseeding, you know, there's a good chance that they wouldn't have to meet until the second round. Uh, setting the stage for a McDavid-Matthews 1C-1C matchup would be unbelievable. And, you know, it doesn't hurt having, you know, Pedersen in Vancouver and a lot of other good players in the division. But I just think the, those big-name matchups could be really exciting. Justin Bourne of Hockey Central and Sportsnet.ca joining us here on Tim and Sid. Justin, which Canadian fan base needs to slow their roll here? Who's a little too excited? I don't mind excitement. I think it's fun to be excited. But what's the one you're listening to and, like, privately you're thinking, you've got to be kidding me? So publicly, tell me who you're privately thinking about like that. Yeah, okay, I've got two of them. Uh, that would be Vancouver is the first one that comes to mind because that was a team that was okay last year and then lost Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev. And uh, I'm not sure that they did enough to replace those guys. Their bottom six is kind of aging. I don't think they're that great. But, you know, there's still some good players and all that, so I'm not going to rate them off entirely. But right now, if you go on betting sites or listen to Sportsnet, uh, there's a lot of love for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they think that uh, Tyler Toffoli is going to make this team go from 24th best to maybe the best in Canada. Uh, I'm less old. I'm less old. So um, that may be a not nice thing to say on Canadian radio, but I think Montreal can probably honest, race a little bit too. I think the two teams in Alberta... <laughs> yeah, the two teams in Alberta are probably uh, the number two and three best teams by, behind the Leafs, by my estimation. It's, uh, it's really interesting when you break all this down because... You know, one of the beautiful things about the World Junior Tournament is that you get to know the teams so well because you see them. Like, I think, you know, there's a, like, if you love hockey, this is going to be amazing. But even if you remotely like hockey, like, this is your year. If you're a Canadian, if you're a fan of a Canadian team, there are only seven teams. Like, you watch a couple of games, you're completely up to date. Like, you won't be asking... 
who the hell is the Panthers' second-best D-man, and that's probably Mackenzie Weger. But you don't need to know that anymore. Like, everything will be ingrained 10 games in because you'll know who Neil Pionk is, and Ole Uolevi will get enough love from... Like, it's, it's going to be everyone knows everything as we try and crown a king of the north. Oh, what a, what a luxury. Everyone go ahead, uh, go ahead and purge your brain of the Dallas Stars and Columbus Blue Jackets. You don't even know who they are. don't even need to know who they are anymore. Right. Well, it's, it's, it is a bit of a delight. And you know what's cool, too, is I tried to make the case in my column today that, you know, we missed out on so much hockey uh, so far this season. You know, it would have been a normal season. But in a way, we've kind of banked those. Because now we have like a condensed schedule that goes into July, and then the NHL saying they want to resume the next season uh, like normal, which is a September training camp. So we're looking at like of the next 18 months, by my math, there's only two months where there won't be hockey. Three if you you don't like training camp and all that. Two or three. So. You know, we've got a lot of exciting stuff ahead as hockey fans. And, you know, it's the Canadian division. It's a shortened season. It's a lot of games. And then we're right into the next season. So, barring catastrophe, we should be okay. And what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Justin Bourne joining us here on uh, Tim and Sid. Um, I don't know. All right. Let's, 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 well, uh, other than like the virus kind of <laughs> attaching themselves to well, teams. Oh, and oh right. Yeah. Like all the Dallas that. Stars. Um, so let's talk MVP here because nothing pits Canadian cities together like a good heart trophy discussion, Justin, as you know. And uh, we have some candidates in this country. And, and I'm going to ask you flat out here, if, if the MVP is from a Canadian team, which Canadian team is it? Because I, and I, and, and I understand uh, there's a lot of people in Edmonton who follow an Oilers team who are like, you got to be kidding me. Austin Matthews has not reached that level yet. I, you, you got a feeling about Austin this season. Am I... I can't be alone in that. Do you have a similar feeling? Yeah. Here, here's what I'll say. I'll say that you are uh, – it's not an unreasonable conversation, though people will, will tell you that it is, but it's still Connor McDavid. I, I feel like there's got to be – you know, you look at the back of a hockey card and you look at like Gretzky's years or Lemieux's years, like somewhere around that year four or five, things start getting really statistically weird where it's like, oh, 212 points. That was pretty good, Wayne. Um, and, and I think that's what's about to happen with Connor McDavid where he's just head and shoulders above everyone else talent-wise. He's in his absolute prime. He's had the frustration, I think, of watching Leon Dreisaitl win it and maybe feeling he should deserve another one or two. Uh, I think he, he's the guy this year once again, though I'm with you. I think Matthews is going to have a weird year. And you know, Jeff Merrick asked me on my show, uh, or on our show, <laughs> whoo, uh, what I thought about uh, a possibility of 50 and 39 for Austin Matthews. And I said, uh, calm down to that. But I do think there's a possibility he's well into the 40s uh this year in 56 games i mean playing with listen marner and thornton may be among like the two of the top five passers of our generation is that like am i i don't think like i'm going out on a limb that that line has two remarkable passers and a guy who can snipe no, I think uh, since, I don't know, something like in the last 10 years in the league, no one has more assists than Joe Thornton. Like, his vision is is pretty unparalleled. There are a few guys who can do what he does, and I understand that he's slower and has lost a step, but he's not going to have to carry the mail much. You know, when he has it, he can just, you know, look for these guys. And uh, Mitch Marner, to me, is a guy who's been in the 90s in points at a very young age, had the kind of a weird year in that contract season, change of coaches. I think he's poised to, to blow up himself. So I snuck a little 
fiver on uh, on Mitch Marner for Art Ross this year, just because I think the potential to, to for all the assists is there on that line. So wow. yeah, I, I, high expectations of Austin Matthews. I don't. You know, I don't like doing that to a guy, but listen, he's not listening to me anyway, and, and I honestly, I think it's going to happen this year. <laughs> so the National Hockey League uh, just released uh, their list of players who are unavailable to play or practice uh, for this day, January 13th, uh, 2021, in accordance with the league's COVID protocols. And there are some uh, not-so-surprising names on that list, but for the late game today, uh, Jordy Ben, JT Miller are listed for Vancouver, and also listed for Edmonton are Gaetan Haas and James Neal. So those two guys aren't available. As for the uh, early game for Toronto, nobody on the COVID list. Montreal, nobody on the COVID list. But this is going to be a regular occurrence for us to check these lists. And Dallas has will be released prior to its first game. Does any of this shock you, surprise you, change the way you're looking at either tonight's game and or what we're going to look at in the first couple of days? Uh, not really. You know, what changes how I've, I've looked at all this is the NBA and, you know, watching what they've gone through because they had everyone show up to camp and the, I think the positivity rate was something around 10% and then they got it down to zero and the season started and all of a sudden you have the 76ers dressing an injured player so they can roll, you know, run with seven guys and not forfeit a game. Like it's, it happens quick once it happens and I, I think it's just going to be uh, a matter of accepting that that is a part of what this season is and not having a freak out and a panic and yelling at them to shut the league down every time there's a couple of tests. Of course, there's a, you know, a level where you can get to a red line where you can cross where you say, okay, it's not safe, but there's going to be tests. There's going to be concerns and false positives. And that is a part of the day-to-day life. And just, you know, if you're in those dressing rooms, if you're coaching the teams or playing, it would be keeping an open mind to, not knowing what's around the corner and just taking care of today. Uh, and that, that's all you can do. So as a fan, we'll get to, to ride the roller coaster, and hopefully it's not uh, an, on the negative side when it comes to health. Justin Bourne here on Tim and Sid. All right, Justin, before we let you go and allow you to enjoy the hockey, by the way, Sid, Sidney Crosby has entered the chat. Uh, he has tied the game up in Philadelphia. Hey. Carter, Hart, Carter Hart behind the net. Uh, boys, I don't know if you've seen, like, I don't know if you're near a TV. Uh, when you throw a puck in front of the net, make sure 87's not there. Yeah, that's just that's bad exactly luck, Because eh? that's exactly what like, happened there. That's <laughs> just a glaring gaff behind the net, and it's Sid lurking. That's, that's like, not awesome. Knocked it out of midair, and then the one-hand finish into an empty net, mind you, but whatever. Just oh. that's, not, that's not a way to start the season, Carter Hart, but there's plenty of time to regroup. So Sidney Crosby on the board is 2-2 in that hockey game. All right, before, before you go, Justin, rank the seven Canadian teams, regular season only, top to bottom, Go. All wow. right. I, uh, I got the, the Leafs one and then Alberta going with Edmonton and Calgary at two and three. Um, my my nat- last team to sneak in is Montreal. And I, earlier on the show today, I, I said they wouldn't make it, but I've had, had a rethink on that. I'll have Montreal at four. Follow that up with uh, Jets, Canucks, Senators. Poor Ottawa uh, pulling up the behind, but they're the only consensus, I think, in most people's list this year. The best part of this is going to be the chirping between fan bases because in the end, like it's going to be great that a Canadian team seemingly is going to be guaranteed further along than we've seen in the last little while. But the other part is that if, if you, if we all say Ottawa is dead last, there's still going to be two really pissed off fan bases.
Oh, it's going to be lovely. I, I'm very excited about this because I think if you polled every Canadian fan base, like six of them think their team is at least yes. playoff worthy. So yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the heartbreak and frustration. It's going to be close all through <laughs> April because everyone's trading three-point games and everyone's going to think they're in it until their hearts get broken, which is even even better to have it done so dramatically. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, you're great. We love you. Uh, enjoy Thanks, the man. hockey tonight. It's been a long wait. It's been too long, but uh, let's talk again soon, friend. Take care. Of, of course, guys. Thanks for having me. There is uh, Justin Bourne. And as Jeff Blair mentioned before our show, and I repeated, uh, read his hockey stuff at sportsnet.ca because he brings up angles that not a lot of people bring up, and they're always very thoughtful and make you think. So if you're that kind of fan, uh, Justin Bourne is definitely a wonderful read. Sydney. We're going to have our bold predictions for Let's the North go. Division next. Let's go. Do you? I am not the one that believes in predictions, but this is a crapshoot 56-game season, and I am more than willing to lay down my 1-7 to seven if you are in the North Division when we come back. Don't dare me, Mikal. If you know, I'll jump in. I'm in. Let's do it. 1-7. to seven. One of us is going to hit it on the nose. It's not the tripe. What's the seven? What's the, what's the seven in horse racing, McAuliffe? You grew up in the, you're around the track. What is that? Uh, the, the seven super races seven. in a row? Okay, I'll take a super seven. One of us will hit the super it's seven. different at every track. It's different at every track, it. but I know okay, what you're talking about. Fair enough. About. I'm not going to ask about a gelding because you taught me about that a long time ago. This is Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. How can, you, how can I forget that lesson? Should have known. Subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. No medical exam or health questions will be asked. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Happy Hockey Day, everybody. Habs Leafs, Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet. Coming up in mere moments from now. The Flyers and the Penguins have already kick-started the season. It is a 2-2 hockey game uh, just midway through the second, or just over midway through the second period of play. Sid and I promised both bold predictions for the North Division and a ranking. Where would you like to start, Sidney Sixero? Um, let's go, sorry, when you say ranking, what do you mean by ranking? One to seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got those. Let's do the ranking. <laughs> I got him. I just didn't know what, what ranking did you think? meant. I, I, I'm not thinking much apparently right now. So let's let's do it. Let's start. Let's go seven. Let's start seven and work our way up because that's the easiest okay. one, right? Let's go. So I've heard the the division described as a hamburger. That Toronto is on top, Ottawa is on the bottom. They're the buns, and everything is the meat in between. Do we agree that Ottawa is the bottom bun? Yes, but I would I would classify the meat as the cream to, uh, the cream of the division. See, I would I would put the I would put the top team in the division as the 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 delicacy in the middle. That's how I would put it. But I know what you're saying. Sends at the yeah. bottom. Sends yeah. at the bottom. Kids, I agree kids do the hamburger sentences. Do they? Top, middle, bottom. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Sends last. Sorry, sends. I like what you did. Sends last. Jets at six. I do not think Connor Halibut can do that again. I love Connor Halibut. I don't mean any disrespect. The liney thing is a little too sensitive. I'm going to put him sixth. Sorry, Winnipeg. Canucks five. Uh, that lineup does not look at all similar to the one that won a couple of rounds last year. Add to it JT Miller. Gone anywhere from six to 14 days. Add to it already Jordy Ben off that blue line. I, I don't know about the Canucks. So I got him, I got him at five. 
Habs at four. Goaltending alone. They're the deepest goaltending team maybe in hockey. Never mind the North Division. Maybe in hockey. So I got the Habs at four. Give me Calgary at three uh, because they're what the Canucks used to be. So I'm going to put them at three, uh, and I like them. Leafs at two. I'm not willing to anoint the Leafs as the top team, but they'll win their games based on skill alone. They'll win a ton. And I still like, as much as I don't believe in their goaltending, and I I do not, um, the Edmonton Oilers cannot be ignored for me. When you have two perennial MVPs on there, when you add, because Kyle Turris now is the third-line center. He just has to be okay, right? He doesn't, this is is as good a spot for Kyle. He's been in a while. He's not, the pressure isn't there. Just be good. Don't have to be great. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying Oilers win the regular season. They're my number one team. I go Toronto-Edmonton. Toronto on top, Edmonton second. I've got Vancouver at three, and it's one of my bold predictions, so I'll wow. save the explanation there. Montreal at four, Calgary at five, Winnipeg and Ottawa to round out the division. So I'm with you on the I don't know that Winnipeg can do this again. And here's my... First bold prediction based on where I had Vancouver. I think they're amidst a very interesting bunch. And that when we finish this 56-game sprint, I think we're going to see a bunch of teams separated by like six points tops, especially with the three-point games, right? Like I think I think it's going to be a race till the bitter end. And I say the Canucks get solid goaltending from Demko and Holtby and challenge for the top spot in the division. That's my first bold prediction. All right. Um, I'll, I'll give you one. Pending injuries always with Vancouver, too. <laughs> yeah, any, well, well pending, yeah. pending everything this year, like pending a lot of things. I, I say I have, Fred, I have Frederick Anderson as a Vesna finalist. Um, wow. Kyle, Dubas, Kyle Dubas did not give Let him that t- deal. He's coming in hot. I think he's going to have that kind of year. Let me tell you, if that bold prediction is true, they win the division easily. That would be correct. <laughs> they, they would leapfrog Edmonton in my mind for sure. And with the Leafs around the corner right here on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590, the fan, my second bold prediction, and I'm only giving you two because we're running out of time. Austin Matthews will score 45 in 56 playing with Marner and Thornton. That's a 66-goal pace in an 82-game wow. schedule. Wow. Uh, I'm going to throw one more bold one. I think two apiece is fair. One more bold prediction. Um, Elias Petterson is in the heart discussion. Elias Petterson. I know it's a little early. seems a little early. Mm-hmm. But you want bold, McAuliffe. You want it out there. You want it A? Like Look it. at me. No, I like that's, it. That's as bold as I can make him. That's as bold Did as I can make him. you see his shot on the shootout? Where he like in the inner squad game just was it Nick, was it Nick Robertson ish like the slap was, shot from eight feet in? No, no, it was just this. It was just like a wrister snap no, shot. It. Like it was unbelievable. Anyway, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, Jam packed tonight all over the network. We also got Bucks and Pistons on Sportsnet three sixty. Happy Hockey Day, everybody! There's been a lot of crap in the last couple days all across North America. Enjoy the game, Sydney. Enjoy the games tonight. You too, man. You too. Happy Hockey Day night, everyone. And as we leave you, again. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash my hands of the off-season. That's what we're washing our hands of. Washing your hands. Crack those knuckles, McAuliffe. Off-season. Done.